Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coaches Cup podcast. I am Sonia Green from Sonia Green Coaching. And I'm Judith Fender. I coach exclusively for the NoBS Weight Loss Program. And this week, we are talking about, in fact, I, I really can't believe we haven't talked about this yet. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. talking about imposter syndrome, which is I coach women on imposter syndrome. I've been coaching women on imposter syndrome for what, two years now. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we are finally having that as our topic, but, (laughs) but before we do, we have our last two coaches cut mugs to give away. Sonia, I have to tell you, I didn't think I would enjoy having my face on a coffee (laughs) cup as much as I, (laughs) you know, I was resistant. I thought you were no, resistant. I was, but um, I have enjoyed it. If y'all are watching us on the YouTube, it's um, it's been quite fun. Anyway, so who are the lucky? No, they're not lucky. They have earned these. Let's just theme this right into. Yeah. How, <laughs> well, there is some luck, but they did have to put some effort in. They did have to leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have two and ladies, we thank you, or I assume you're all ladies. I know most of the people <laughs> that I have talked to, uh, who have sent me your address to mail these out to are, are women, but we appreciate the, the effort you have made. We, when we started, we were, we have more than doubled our reviews. So we have, and it's, you know, it's nice to hear from, from our listeners and the the value that they're getting. And it just, it helps put a little gas in the tank, makes it exciting. Yeah. Because, you know, podcasting, it's kind of a, I mean, we enjoy it (laughs) because we, sometimes it's our only chance during the week to have a conversation other than a quick text back and forth. Right. Right. Self-development, like self-coaching, like what we're doing right here is. Yeah. rolling out, right? Oh yeah. But, but it's nice to know that it does, you know, it does move outward and affect other people and that they appreciate what we're doing. So, but anyway, we have two winners. The first one is Annie.21. Annie.21. And the second one is, I'm just going to put all these letters together. A-G-P-R-M-P. A G P R M P M P. Do we get to read out what they said? <laughs> like what they say? I think that our listeners should go and read the reviews and then add one of their own. Oh, there you go. Yes, I fill, fill the cup, cup, right? That's right, fill the, the cup, the proverbial cup. But if if you t- two will email me at Sonia S O N Y A at soniagreencoaching.com, then I will send you, and you'll have to email me your address and I will send you your mug. There you go. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And this is going to hit, uh, we're dropping this one Thanksgiving week. So we may be digging around and finding, we have a few extra, but we'll let you know next week if that's the case. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Imposter syndrome. Right. So, you know, down the Google portals, we've got our definition and right off the bat, this, this definition. So it's a psychological pattern. It's not a psychological diagnosis. I want to be sure we say that it's a, it's a pattern of negative thinking where an individual doubts their accomplishments 
and persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud. Yes. And the, the data initially went on to suggest that it's most common in college and grad school students and people who are facing new and challenging jobs. Yeah. I, I, I know I've told my story of how I discovered I had imposter syndrome before on this podcast. So, but it has been studied since the 1970s and most will agree, even though we are discovering that it's more prominent across the culture, generally women and minorities are more likely mm-hmm. to, to deal with this. And you're right. It's not a diagnosis, but simply the fact that we call it a syndrome, right. You know, people are like, Oh, this is serious. Yeah, it's heavy. I have a syndrome. <laughs> right. So to your point, that was Pauline Clance that coined yes. this, this intent, um, this, imposter syndrome. And it went on to say that 70% of people will experience this at least once in their life. Mm -hmm. Now, it's just funny because when I first told you two years ago that I was going to coach women with imposter syndrome, you were like, huh, what what is, and then how many times since then have you, have you said, I think I might have imposter syndrome. (laughs) Well, you know, this, as this unfolds out in real time, you know, that's why the, these, these um, podcasts that we do are not happenstance. They are very purposeful and directional self-coaching, self-exploration, self-development, 100%. Yes. I have a tendency for all I have experienced imposter syndrome and all of, all of its branches (laughs) for the last year and a half. (laughs) Well, and when I was first starting my coaching, I've done, I've done a few workshops and things like that on imposter syndrome. I haven't done any in the last year, but as I, as I move into retirement from teaching, I'm going to get back into doing more of those. But one of the things that I see over and over again, when I talk to, to, to women about this is them saying the awareness, just simply having the awareness that this thing exists mm-hmm. is so helpful. And, and I understand that because that's where I was. I thought I was the only person. I thought I was the only person <laughs> Who right. felt like a fraud, who was right. waiting to be exposed. It, that reminds me how many times Corinne, you know, in the, in the membership, we call it, she calls it, you're not the only unicorn. You're not yeah. the only unicorn. But I had on a similar note, um, as, as I was doing this um, research, if you will, realizing that it seemed like so much of the antidote is just having people to communicate with and like sharing your experiences with others that, that you are not alone in what you are, what you are going through. And so I, I even thought to myself, I'm like, can I talk about my imposter syndrome on this podcast? I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's because it's the, the feelings that are drummed up as we're going through it are all of those feelings that we're afraid to share like shame and anxiety and crippling fear. I mean, it's real. And and self-doubt like right at the the root of that self-doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why is it a problem? Yeah. Why is it a problem? Well, because it shows up in your work and your space of life in not val- you're not validating yourself. You're not internalizing your success and you're constantly looking outward 
at other successes, comparing yourself, yeah. going down that, you know, shitty diaper, if you will, sorry. And it, it's, it limits you from enjoying your successes and living your best life and, and limits you from getting ahead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's the big thing. And I, so many times I've talked to people who they do the things because this is high functioning, high achieving people are the ones who deal with imposter syndrome, Right. but it holds us back. If we allow it to, it holds us back from being even more high achieving than we have the potential to be. That's the thing to remember. It's not, but I've I've had so many people tell me I got the degree. I got the certificate. I got whatever it was I needed to get my dream job or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then I couldn't take that final step because I was afraid I would get in a situation and everybody would say, ha, loser, you're just a fraud. What are you doing here? (laughs) I mean, it's real. It is. I literally, I literally said to coach Kathy at one time, I was like, I am just so, I didn't say disappointed, but I feel like I have sold you guys bad bill of goods or whatever. Like you did not get what you bargained for with me. (laughs) That's how into my story I was because I'm just, you know, and I, and I have experienced several times of having that line of thinking. And being able to work on my thoughts, reframe my thinking. And when I concentrate on the value that I do bring and my unique skills and, and focusing on just the simplest, smallest things, what a shift it creates in productivity and how I show up and how much I enjoy my work. Cause I love my job, right? I love my job. Yeah. And you were talking about the Cherokee proverb that we've talked about before about this being a lot about the wolf that you feed you have these two wolves in us and it's the one we feed that moves forward right and so much of that is you know when we're feeding the wolf with our inner critic Mm -hmm. right the judgmental tendencies that not good enough fraud um, it's here's here's another one that i've heard you use a lot (laughs) I'm going to out you. Yeah. Quote me. me. It's, it's, it was just luck. It's just because I'm a nice person. (laughs) That kind of quote. (laughs) How many times it's just because I'm a nice person and I do the same thing. It's just because people like me, you know, I, I, I come across as a, as a likable person. I come across it's, it's nothing real. It's not real talent that I have. Yeah. (laughs) I even, it's on video, one of the camp videos before coaches were on the stage and Corinne's interviewing and something came up and I'm like, basically I said right there in front of her and not even really knowing at that moment, that's what I was experiencing. I was like, well, I think I got hired because, because you liked me (laughs) to her and And it's Corinne. (laughs) We sell ourselves so short. But it's the, it's the wolf that we're feeding in that point. We can find evidence for either one, but there's safety in blaming it on being likable or, you know, being a fraud. And that sounds contradictive. Yeah. I wanted to take, like, I wanted to put a pin in that. I love to yeah. say that when I'm coaching with my private clients, I'm like, okay, let's put a pin in this. Let's mm-hmm. put a little tack. Let's put a pretty pin and let's stop right here. Because what we're talking about in essence, when we talk about the ego, Mm-hmm. or the, the lower wolf, 
um, is in, or the inner child, right? It's that safety is the emotional experience that these feelings are natural indicators. Did we, if we didn't have a conscious brain are natural indicators to take care of yourself, protect yourself. Yes. And so the, our authority, our capacity to tap into the cognitive thinking and learning to override Mm -hmm. the emotions again, the emotions (laughs) that when we master the emotional body that we have with our cognitive brain and see that it's coming from our line of thinking, it's some bullshit trying to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. and that, that reframe and finding our value, like again, it, and, and I have been said to Sonia again, like we were Marco Poloing this morning and I am profoundly blown away every time we do a podcast and the researching and I'll go down and I'm like, oh my God, this just comes down to the model. Like everything comes back to the model and being in integrity with yourself and the simplicity yes. of the model cannot be underrated as we have all these definitions, which I love to hear. I love to know. Mm -hmm. because it helps me put the story together. Yeah. You can't underscore how important it is to be in in integrity with yourself. You know, I I just, again, I'm like, it just needs even another pause right now. Mm -hmm. Just asking yourself with the line of thinking, am I thinking positively or negatively about myself? How can I think differently right now? Because What's we can churn in that stuff. I mean, oh. that's part of the safety mechanism. If mm-hmm. I sit and churn in all of these emotions, I'm not putting myself out there. I'm yep. not being rejected. I'm just thinking about being the possibility. <laughs> it's not a reality. And so our brain, our lower brain makes some sense of that that if we pull our our prefrontal out and start logically taking this apart, it's not in any way logical, but it feels safe to make ourselves miserable. (laughs) Right. Self-coaching makes room for the higher self. When we engage in these, these questions where we check in and which wolf am I feeding? Is this, is my lower ego? How can I connect with myself? How can I make decisions that align with my values that that line of self-coaching gets the prefrontal cortex engaged and helps get us out of that emotional state? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times people want to know, and I think from, especially if they, if they're coming from a therapy model rather than a coaching model, they're like, well, what caused this? What caused this in my life? And while, I mean, I do think and, and I used to talk a whole lot more about what causes it. Ultimately, it's it's our culture. It's a cultural thing. It, it's usually something th- about the way we've been raised or uh, about our own familial or childhood experiences. Yeah. But so many people, what was 70%? Is that what you said? Yep. So many people deal with it that I'm not sure that it's really important to go back and try to figure out what caused it. I agree. The important thing is that we move forward with how we're going to solve it. You know, and you know, how much time, cause we could spend a lot of time going back. I'm sure. I can tell you my story, you know, <laughs> that I have. And that is one of the, one of the solves mm-hmm. for 
um, imposter syndrome is rewriting of the past, going back and retelling the sure. story, framing yes. and looking. Yes. So just knowing we're not discounting that, yeah. but how much time and hopefully, right. That's the, as Corinne says, that's the Jenga block. Maybe, you know, if you do go back and rewrite and that pulls that one Jenga and the tower falls down and you see that it is just the stories you tell yourself mm-hmm. about it. But ultimately, whatever the story is, we can change it in real time. In real time. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we decide to do that, when we decide to get back in integrity with our values and start being honest with ourselves, then we can move forward. And we know that we may experience some bad emotions. We may get to experience rejection, or we may get to experience disappointment, but at least we're being in integrity with ourselves. We're giving it our best effort. Yeah. I'm just taking a deep breath on that one. Just thinking about taking a minute, wanting to bring some value again to this podcast about my own personal experiences with it. And, and I'm thinking of, again, going back to the research where it was talking about like the, the bronze medalist, right? So I love that story. Yeah. So the, you have the bronze medalist is the happiest one, right? It's the silver medalist that is the least happy because the silver medalist is doing what's called in the comparison trap with called counterfactual thinking and looking up in going, Oh, I could have won the gold. I could have won the gold. And it's the bronze medalist that looks down. Uh Woo. At least I want a medal. I'm on the platform. <laughs> I'm on the platform. Like, oh, how many times, you know, I, I find myself going down that route of, you know, looking upward and, and admiring others and wanting to be like them. And when I achieve this and I'm like, it, it, one, it just, it really is knocking me off any type of pedestal. When I say me, I'm talking about us as we experience, as we're yeah. going through challenges, when we're diverting our energy looking away again, being out of integrity mm-hmm. by looking at others, whether we're looking up or down, we're discounting the value we're bringing in the very moment that we're in. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I love that. And, and it's important to think about this, that imposter syndrome always makes us think that the other, the others are working harder or the others are smarter. Oh, smarter. You were talking about that comparison and it goes, it goes both ways. They could be smarter. They could be working harder. They could be prettier. I I don't know. It depends on how you want to compare what it is based based on math. They're probably having the same thoughts as we are. 70% they're just (laughs) managing their minds right they're managing their minds better than you yeah so how are we going to solve for this how are we going to solve for imposter syndrome Judith I have core self-evaluations so number one is self-esteem right looking into um, self-esteem is how you is looking into responding more positively to yourself Mm-hmm. versus negatively. Like it is, a, that's as simple as I can put it, like having those core traits of seeing yourself favorably versus not favorably. Yeah. And to put that in the model, you know, what is the thought that you are thinking? What is the thought that's keeping you from going after a goal that you have? Is mm-hmm. it 
I don't know enough. I'm not good enough, not smart enough. It's usually I'm not something enough. What is that thought? And then what's the thought that you want to believe? Mm -hmm. And we talk about ladder thoughts with Mm -hmm. the model. Mm -hmm. And so having a goal of what you want to believe, but taking those incremental steps along the way to increase your belief, right? To feed the wolf. Right. So that's like self-efficacy, like seeing seeing the, um, the believing that you can do so. Yeah. Because you have evidence for either one. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Which one are you going to draw on? Right. And it's also looking from, and I, again, I want to use these words because it all comes back to the language. You're going to hear the message everywhere. And it's called internal or external locus of control. It's focusing on what the internal locus of control, what do you have control over? And you'll hear us coaches talk about that all the time. Let's focus on what we can control our thoughts and our feelings, what we put on our plan thoughts. We're going to think, I mean, it's, it's so, it's so simple, so simple yet (laughs) we're so human. Yeah. It has nothing to do with all of the external circumstances out there. Right. That locus of control, it's internal. Mm -hmm. I mean, the integrity internal, Mm -hmm. everything else is going to be what it's going to be, but I'm choosing to show up. I am mm. choosing to, to feed the, the good wolf, the good wolf. And it's the ability to um, have emotional stability or it was called low neuroticism. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Navigating your emotionals, name it to tame it. Yes. Um, learn Share the power. It. Yeah. Learn the power of language equals your experience, the way you speak about it and your understanding of your experience. Yeah is everything. Yeah. When I was in graduate school and the associate Dean mentioned imposter syndrome, I had never told anybody that I felt that way because my shame was so, you know, so heavy. Oh, I am such, I I just wish I was smarter. I wish I knew as much as they did. I'm so ashamed that I got here accidentally. I hope they don't figure it out. And as soon as she said, she suffers from imposter syndrome and all the people around her were shaking their head. I was like, what? it has a name and other people have it. And I could let go of that emotion, that shame, the, all of the things that went with it. Now Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I didn't fall into the ravine again (laughs) later on. Mm -hmm. But at that point I knew, Mm -hmm. I knew that I was in it. And I knew how to get out. Mm-hmm. So recognizing you always are in it with 70% of the population. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I love that. And so many, again, when so many times I tell my clients when they're going through something, I, I love it when I can find, like, appreciate the humanity of an experience that I'm having. There is nothing yes. unique that I am feeling that every human on this earth hasn't felt. And in particularly, mm-hmm. I, I noticed this when I was pregnant with my first child, because I thought, well, if all these other women can survive through it. I can too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just that knowing that this is not unique. What I'm experiencing is just a bunch of chemicals coursing through my veins. And I am going to master my, I'm going to master my <laughs> emotional stability and have low neuroticism. I'm going to master my that. anxiety. <laughs> well, you know, we, we haven't brought up the P word yet. 
but um, perfectionism and imposter syndrome. I I love the way you said it this morning when we were pre-gaming. You remember what you said? They're in bed together. Right. (laughs) They sleep together every day. (laughs) And so if you have perfectionistic tendencies, and we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago, if you deal with perfectionism, I will almost guarantee Mm-hmm. that you have imposter syndrome as well. At a, a certain level. I came across, yeah. to your point, I came across, there are five types of imposter syndrome. And I think, you know, again, offering these air quote labels are helpful. And maybe you identify the actions because that's what I got. And with yeah. these labels, I identified with the actions that these labels do. So the perfectionist never satisfied, doesn't focus on their strengths, fixates on flaws and feels inadequate. Mm-hmm. Superhero feels inadequate, falls short, drops into shame and starts shooting on himself. I should be able to do more. I should be able to juggle yeah. more things. I should be more competent. The expert, which I thought this was interesting because as I'm cramming for this podcast, because I want to know more, I want to know all the things mm-hmm. um, the expert uh, wants to learn more what and how much they know, even minor lack of knowledge evokes shame. Um, The natural genius has lofty goals and sets all these lofty goals and feels, feels like a failure when they don't achieve these goals. The soloist uh, prefers to work alone, rejects all help. And I have found myself even on this, my new career this past year, like, I didn't even know I needed to ask for help because I'm just like, that's one I mean I I connect with all of these at certain levels but even even when I was finishing my bachelor's degree and deciding to go on for a master's degree I help my students it's one of my favorite things that I do is is working with them advising them how to move on when I went on for my master's degree it never occurred to me to talk to my professors about it, about how to do it. I assumed that everybody else knew how to do it and I just hadn't figured it out yet. And so I figured it out and it, I mean, obviously it's worked out fine for me, but if I had asked for help, if I had understood that it was natural to ask for help, how much would that have changed my journey? The suffering, it's all optional. It's all optional. I'm going to tell you what I heard in this too, this, uh, the soloist and because they see it as a sign of weakness and rejecting all help is I see it as, as a, a version of the, you know, there's fight, fight, freeze, fawn response. Yes. Like this is kind of like the freeze, right? You're just Mm -hmm. like, you don't know what to do. I'm, you know, the paralysis of, you know, maybe even some overwhelm dropped into there, Mm -hmm. which was my last week. Anyway, Um, I agree asking for help just knowing that you can even ask for it. it it's next. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's, it, it's just kind of mind blowing how we fall into these things. Mm-hmm. But if you're falling into these, if you're dealing with any, any of those on that list or mm-hmm. all of them, I think, I think we, we slide in and out. Like you mentioned, you know, It's not imposter syndrome isn't something that we wear all the time. It might be if we get in a dark place and we don't manage our mind, 
But for the most part, we're always kind of sliding in and out and it's varying levels of, of imposter syndrome that we're dealing with, depending on the level of the risk we're taking. All right. Mm-hmm. Or, it, or what's, what's the word I want to use? Is it implied risk? Yeah. The interpreted risk of yes. a situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause it doesn't have to be necessarily something like going after a master's degree. No, you know, it could be as simple as help me out, Sonia. What's some, a, a simple risk. It's, you know, driving on a, uh, I have a, a client driving on the highway, like a six lane mm-hmm. highway. Yeah. Careful, the risk, yeah. but that, that's another beast, but similar path. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it it doesn't really matter what the end goal is. It's what we make it. Right. And it's that that narrative. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because what's going to be simple to me is going to be complicated to you and vice versa, just because of our experiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about constructing our reality every day and back to the story we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. suffering leading to growth versus the narrative identity is where people who believe their life is meaningful and the stories they tell themselves equal the growth, the redemptive story. Like how many people have we known that are, are telling that story that is, is not propelling them forward. It's the stuck in the past Mm -hmm. telling your, it's the contamination story of how difficult and tragic their lives are. Yeah. Like what story are you telling yourself? Yeah. Be mindful of what's going on in your brain. And I think there's, there's just a lot of value in deciding. I mean, it, it does help to pull ourselves out to look for positive evidence and we can always find positive evidence, but at some point we have to be willing to drop the whole need for evidence and have a goal and understand that we may encounter some things we've never encountered before between here and the goal. And we just have to keep working at it. Right. I don't need evidence. I have, I need that thing, whatever that is. Is this the, when we fixate on the gap and feel inadequate, we get to hit refresh, edit. I love that. Let me tell you, I love the idea of having an editor. I have been saying this my whole life. Like I always need to feel like I need an editor in my writing because mm-hmm. clearly I don't find my mistakes. And that makes me think of a coach. Like that's what a coach is. I consider myself like an editor to my clients thinking yes. because I can hear the edits that will help move your life, move your thinking in a direction you want to go. So I, I'd love the idea, you know, having an editor and hitting refresh for yourself. And that's what we do. I mean, I, it's impossible to even count how many times in coaching a client, I stop them and I'm like, did you hear what you just said? Yes. But they don't, they don't hear <laughs> no. what they just said. No. When no. I repeat it back to them, they're like, what? what? So yeah, I love that. Having a mentor, if, if you can't find a coach or if you, uh, there's, there's no excuse to not finding a coach because we're both coaches. Hello. But if you can't, you know, if you're at a place in your life where you can't afford a coach, you can't, for whatever reason, have a coach, find a mentor at the very least, somebody who has a similar path to yours, somebody who's at a place where you want to be. And it takes some vulnerability, folks. Vulnerability is the path to integrity. 
-hmm. talk to them. I'm scared. I feel like I'm not good enough. Can you tell me about your path? Right. And, and tapping into that purpose, as you were saying that, you know, I'm reminded even like thinking of us personally, like the value we want to add, you know, doing these podcasts and trying to help others who can't afford or who are looking for enlightenment, that it helps us when we, when we do this work for ourselves, provide value out into the universe to help Mm -hmm. others, that purpose, that purpose driven experience helps I'm going to use the word, get rid of imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, it's because absolutely. Lean, in, lean into the purpose, the bullshit falls away. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Anything else that you want to say about imposter syndrome? <sighs> the one, the one other thing that I would say is in order to develop your awareness is just really listen to yourself, listen to that self-talk and journal. I cannot reinforce (laughs) enough the power of getting that stuff out of your brain onto a page. And I'm going to take it one step further as finding your editor. If you are journaling and doing the things and you're still not finding the path to um, creating better thinking, get an editor, get a coach. Again, like to Sonia's point, a, a, a mentor, someone to share your thinking with and yeah, it's and invest in it. I mean, I don't mean invest money in it. I mean, invest yourself in it because it doesn't help. We can coach people all day, but if they aren't doing the work to back up, to reinforce what we're giving them, Mm -hmm. it's just going to yeah fall by the wayside. I just saw my notes where I had taken where it was in the part where, um, you know, basically about which wolf are you going to feed? Right. Mm -hmm. So there's the one, the ego is me, me, me. And I was thinking, of course, think about, um, oh shoot the song. I want to talk about me. Oh, Toby (laughs) Keith. (laughs) I want to talk about me. want to talk about, I want to talk about number one, me, my, oh my, (laughs) that's the ego. So there's your song drop for for this. For this. I personally am more of a Bee Gees kind of gal, but I, I do, at least I do get that reference because I, I know my husband listens to country music. So. Oh, okay. All right. I do. You know, I'm not the country music gal. <laughs> I just not my thing, but that's okay. That's I did Kenny G ref or not Kenny G up uh, Kenny Chesney. <laughs> Yeah. Reference last yeah. week. Kenny G and Kenny Chesney. I know enough to know different. how very different. Very different. I love them both. I love them both. <laughs> In different ways. If if you love the Coach's Cup and our bunny trails as much as we do, and our song references and our practical tips, then yeah. good yeah. stuff in here. Share this podcast, folks, share it with the people you love, the people you care about, the people you think who might enjoy listening to us drink coffee from cups with our faces. (laughs) (laughs) And we still want some reviews, even if, even if most of our mugs are gone or or our drawing is over for now, we would love to have your review. Really, um, yeah. no matter when, when you hear this, um, again, it, it does mean a lot because we know, we know we're reaching hundreds and hundreds of y'all and it would be nice to just 
to touch base. You know, if yeah. we've touched you, you come back and you can touch us with your words. And, and it also helps move us up. It helps give us the opportunity to reach more people because the more reviews we have, that kind of moves us up in the algorithm. So yeah. math. Yeah. All that good stuff that I'm not even going to try to explain to you. We can talk about imposter syndrome all day, but nothing about algorithms. It's, it's optional y'all. All All right. If you're looking for a coach, you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com and I would be happy to, I've got some room for a couple more. Yep. And if you wanted to work with me, I coach exclusively with the no BS weight loss program and I coach more on, on, I coach weight loss and more and imposter syndrome and all the things. Yes. Because it's always all the things in our mind. It's always your thoughts. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah. Bingo. (laughs) There you go. There's your path to better life, but you got to know them. You got to have an editor. That's right. All right. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye.